Next week is April and we all know what that means. Double Drama School Dropout is back. To celebrate my birthday, we'll have two episodes a week on Tuesdays and Fridays and a very special birthday episode on Sunday the 16th of April. The guests are amazing, so make sure to click that subscribe button so you are notified every time an episode hits the shelves. I was at drama school with Tom Hardy, one of them. You know, I would often have men coming out to me going, oh, I'm a bit old for you, aren't I? And, and you sort of look at them and go, it's not your age, my friend, that's the problem here. <laughs> and I just finished a job at a really good London theatre and everyone was on, you know, minimum wage. And that's not the theatre's fault, that's just what, what that theatre pays for everybody. And um, it wasn't enough to live on. <laughs> All of this and more coming up on Drama School Dropout. No graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Fucked your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. Welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident drama school dropout. And this week I am joined by an absolutely fantastic actress who you may know from her stint on Emmerdale. Please welcome to the podcast, Louisa Klein. Drama school Welcome to the podcast. How are we? Hi, thanks very much for having me. I'm very well, thank you. Honestly, it's all my pleasure on this fine Monday morning. <laughs> I know, it's a nice day, actually. It's it's good. This is the <laughs> earliest I've been up since I graduated. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God, I've been up for hours. <laughs> I'm not a morning... I've been up for, like, an hour and a half, but I'm just not uh-huh. a morning person. Oh, I've got three children, so um, it's not a choice whether I'm a morning person or not. I have no children. There you go. You can always tell if someone is not a morning person. They can. As long as I make it, like all of my neighbours have kids. As long as I can sleep through them leaving for school, I'm yeah. great. Then, then you've I... got a run till four o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Well, three in Scotland, but like, okay, it's all good. Do you know what I mean? Like, as long as I don't <laughs> wake up during the school run, which I did yesterday, I was raging, and yeah, yeah. then I'm fine. But mm-hmm. how's life? Because like we're in this sort of mad. Like it's always tempting to say we're out of a pandemic but I don't really think we are and you know it's funny isn't it I sort of I I feel like the last few years you know I finished on Emmerdale a couple of months really before Covid kicked in Mm. and so when I said Emmerdale there was a momentum there was this excitement about the end of this job and you know that job was always going to be something that would hopefully raise my profile and what would happen next kind of feeling and then of course this the whole world stopped and you know as an actor that the, the out of work times the unemployment times are are hard but when no one's working there is a sense of kind of calm and I have to admit mm-hmm. I felt a sense of calm of it's not like I'm missing out on anything because there's nothing going on yeah <laughs> so there was a sense of of relinquishing that panic of what my next job's going to be and I think I'm still I don't know you know then work started to come in again and and the theatres reopened and television started to get made again and and then of course that anxiety starts building up again of (laughs) the next job everyone else seems to be working and I'm still not you know that feeling so Mm. but as you say you know I don't know it's it's the industry has changed I think it feels like the industry has changed um I read this thing you know there's Obviously, we're now all doing a lot of self-tapes, which is great. And the opportunities that come all of our ways are greater. The world seems a much smaller place suddenly. You can have Mm -hmm. meetings with people in different countries for different jobs and everything. But I also read this thing where a a casting director was quoted saying, you know, before I used to be able to only see about 30 or 40 people for a part because we'd have to meet them all. Now I can see 300 or 400 people for a part. Mm. And you suddenly go, that's great. But also... <laughs> I mean, what, what is the probability of actually getting the job? Yeah, the odds are, are not in our favour anymore. It's really not, is it? It's like, no. I might be getting a lot of really cool auditions for some really cool <laughs> shows. I'm never going to get them. <laughs> 500 other people are too. Yeah. So it feels a bit like mm. that. I had such a unique perspective 
on the on like the industry coming back to life after the pandemic and i'm so grateful for it because i started this podcast sort of like coming out of the pandemic but for the first like i'd say five months at the end of the podcast i always say like oh what's coming up next for you where can people see you and and for like the first five months everyone was like i'm gonna be in my living room i'm doing nothing and then slowly I'd say like what's coming up next for you and it would sort of drip feed like oh I'm doing this and I'm doing that and like people always look at me like I'm an idiot when I say if someone turns down this podcast I'm quite happy because I started this when the industry was on its knees and now people are too busy because they're back at work that's cool as fuck yeah it's so true and you know what during that time, people got really creative. And, yeah. and you know, people were writing, people were making movies on their phones, people were making dramas on Zoom, and, you know, people made, starting making podcasts and all this sort of stuff. Things, you suddenly realise that you didn't have to sit and wait. I think our job is such that sometimes you are so out of control, yeah. you don't have much control. And suddenly this, this gave us back a bit of control. And mm. I like that. I think a common quote from like drama school when you're sort of finishing is all your lecturers say to you, you know, when you graduate, you're not just going to walk into jobs. You have to make your own work and make your own opportunities. (laughs) And I think when you graduate, you sort of don't take any notice of that. And you're like, oh, no, I'm going to just like do the grind. And then I think the pandemic was really like, no, you've got like, it's not even you've got to. You can make your own stuff. You can, exactly. Recently, I was asked to do a talk at my children's school about the importance of teaching the arts Mm -hmm. at school. And I asked loads of my friends of of like artists, musicians, actors, writers, what why we all thought it was important to teach the arts at school. And Mm -hmm. it all came down to, you know, beyond it just being, you know, something you might feel passionately about. It's a life skill. It's something. Yes. And actually, we can all do it now. We can, mm-hmm. we can, we have, we're stuck on our phones 24 mm-hmm. 7. Do something positive with that. Make a movie on your iPhone. Make it, you know, we've all got iMovie. You, you actually can really do some really good stuff with that or mm. make a song up, write something, you know. And so it's sort of for all the horrific negative things that came out of those couple of years, mm. it's, it's coming. We are coming out the other side, I think. Yeah, I think so. And that thing that you said there about it being a life skill, I'll always tell the story because I recently found out that my old secondary school no longer offer drama. And I think that's a, a massive disservice to their yeah. students. Yeah. When I started drama school, there was this one boy who I absolutely love, but I think he's sick of me telling this story. So I won't name him. And okay. he came to drama school and he did a year and then just decided, do you know what? Acting's not for me. Like, mm-hmm. And but then he went on to do business at uni yeah. and he was like, oh, now I know how to talk in front of people. Yeah. I know yeah. how to do presentations like and I just Definitely. think that I think everyone, regardless of whether you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a, whatever, I yeah. think you should take a drama lesson once in your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. I mean, it's not for nothing that a lot of actors go in and teach people how to give a presentation <laughs> or go, you know, I know that when I haven't worked you know when I've had long periods of unemployment I go in and and work sort of with medical students as a simulated patient and teach them how to be a doctor that looks so fun oh my god I gave some of my best performances one of my friends does it and like she'll just put snapchat stories up and she's like I've been laying in this bed for four hours and I'm getting paid for it like sign me up I remember once doing one where I was like having a mental breakdown and I had about 50 doctors coming in one after the other asking me honestly it was Oscar worthy my performance (laughs) by the end I was somebody (laughs) get the BAFTA out yeah and then I was also, I remember once also doing one where they had to, they, the doctor had to teach me how to use an inhaler. And by the end of it, I was like, no, 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 you don't do it like that. You do it like this. You know? <laughs> I knew way more than they did. So, you know. Actor forward slash medical student. <laughs> totally, totally. Honestly, the jobs that we have to do when yeah. we're not working. It's yeah. crazy. And like, I, I was the, um, I don't know if you'll have ever seen it. I don't think they do it anymore. You know, when you walk down the high street and the specs of as um, a guy is out with the person in the ear to try and get you hearing tests. I <laughs> no, was the either. ear. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. 
Mm. Wow. It was horrible. It was the mid- was it was like, like yeah. the only summer in Scotland that it's been warm. And I was like in <laughs> this in massive ear. suit. Um but what I <laughs> what I love, yeah, I was the ear. I was very good ear. Um but what I like <laughs> to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? Doesn't need to be a professional one. We love a good yeah. nativity story. Yeah, yeah. So I got into acting, I mean, from from being really little, really, mm. it was, I feel very privileged. My my family are all, well, my mum's side of the family were all musicians, mm-hmm. dancers, actors um, in Holland. And my sister is a professional cellist. So I grew up with a lot of creativity in the house mm. um, and also with a deep inherent knowledge that you can go into the arts as a profession. It's not like a, a hobby. Yeah. It, it can be a proper job. Mm-hmm. So I always felt that I would give it a go and if it worked, I'd keep going. I'm quite stubborn. I think most actors have to be stubborn. I think you have to be quite stubborn, don't you? It's like, I am not giving up, I am not giving up. So I went, I did my A-levels and and then I thought to myself, well, I'll try for drama school. If I get in, yeah. I'll get in. And I got in. So then I had three years at Drama Centre and then it was, well, you know, let's see if I get an agent. And I got an agent, you know, so it kind of carried on like that. My first time I stood on the stage at the Pool Arts Centre when I was probably about five or six years old and I did a poem. It was um, like all along the backwaters, through the rushes tall, ducks are a-dabbling, up tails all. That's what I remember. I love like, that you still yeah. know it. Still remember it. Everything that I'd done at that age was a bit problematic. So I think was I'd it? get cancelled for like... <laughs> Like I'll always remember playing a Chinese Mandarin in primary school. Totally Brilliant. unacceptable, like totally, problematic. Yeah. It wouldn't slide now, but it did <laughs> back in whenever it was. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I dare I even ask, did you have to have like, was a mum there doing the makeup and things like that? No, I, I don't think so. I remember wearing a hat of some kind and like, you know, like the silk sort of clothes. Yeah, kimono, nice. I I, yeah. I think it was all just a bit of cultural appropriation. I okay. don't think we went as far to like okay. put makeup on and stuff. But then like, I remember no, the following okay. year, we did a play about the um, bomb, the atomic bomb hitting Hiroshima. Yeah. And we were all Japanese. Like, I don't know if like my teachers okay. just had, were like, let's ruin these people's lives. Yeah, for let's the rest keep of the going. Career. <laughs> but the good thing is, we we all know now that that is not acceptable. I was like eight at the time. But um, but yeah, so that was my first on stage, and then when I when I left drama school, I was I was lucky, and I got it's so funny. I I was in the casting when I sort of at that time. I don't know. Have you listened to the, this? Is a long convoluted way of getting to the point. But have you listened <laughs> to the podcast Dead Eyes? I haven't, which I'm now going to write oh, down God, because podcasts are my thing. Dead eyes, you'll love it. You'll love it. I just started listening to um Kathy Burke's new podcast where she talks to people about oh, their wow. funerals. And it's so like Oh my god, that's a good one. Like you like plan your funeral out. And I've always been like this macabre person anywhere that I sort of know what I want. The okay. only thing that I really care about is I want a brown coffin, not a black one. And I want a hundred red roses on top of the coffin. Okay, nice. And then I phoned my oh. mum last night because we'd had a family friend pass away recently and it yeah. was unexpected and I said like it's not nice to talk about but if I ever die and you have to sort my funeral out I don't want religion involved and she, she was like are you okay and I was like yeah I'm not killing myself don't worry I was just like I just wanted to let you know yeah I'm fine just just need to know god that's better than my parents who are in their mid-80s and haven't made any arrangements I assumed they had and then the other day we asked them and they're like oh no it's like oh thanks you're gonna leave us with to have to deal with all that shit as well but um no there's a great podcast to listen to yeah yeah but it he it's about an actor who gets sacked from a job the band of brothers he gets cast mm-hmm. in band of brothers and then he gets sacked from it before he films because tom hanks says he's got dead eyes and he spends the whole podcast trying to like find out if he really has dead eyes and trying to deal with this wow. this experience yeah and i and when i was leaving drama school it was at that time is when Band of Brothers was being cast. So all the boys in my year were getting seen for to- with Tom Hanks and all this sort of stuff. You know, I was at drama school with Tom Hardy, one of them, one of the Love boys that. from Band of Brothers. Yeah. And anyway, so and so I and I was in the casting for a big movie when I was leaving and they were seeing every single girl who was graduating. They wanted an unknown actress for, and they wanted a redhead. So they first started off seeing all the redheaded actresses and then they realised they could actually just dye somebody's yeah. hair or put a wig on it. So then they started seeing people with different colour hair. Anyway, the casting, it got quite far down the line and I ended up sort of signing, co- like 
contracts and movie deal yeah. things before the final screen test. And, and this was my first experience post-drama mm-hmm. school. So as you sort of say, you know, the way drama school people tell you that you need to make your own work. I was like, hey, I'm going to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, and... I'm not even going to be making my own coffee. Exactly. I know. I'm like, I'm working out what I'm wearing to all these awards dues, you know? Yeah. And anyway, of course it didn't happen. I didn't mm. get the job and it, it, they went for a very famous actress who was not unknown and, you know, and so I was utterly heartbroken. It was yeah. a hugely difficult, traumatic breakup, shall we say, um, <laughs> And very soon after that, I got offered a pilot for a BBC drama, mm-hmm. which in any world you go, oh, my God, amazing. And I was like, I'm depressed. I don't want it. It's horrible. And I was really unhappy about it because it wasn't this film. And it was sort of, you know, it it, yeah. it's, it, it was it was a really difficult thing. And also I'd been offered a theatre job at the Glasgow Sit. Love the sits. Oh, my God. Which, again, because I went to drama centre. So the Glasgow Sit was like the holy grail of jobs. Yeah. When the Glasgow Sits job came in and this BBC pilot came in, I was um, like, well, obviously I'm going to take the Sits. If I'm not going to Hollywood, I'm going to go and like hone my If I'm not going to Hollywood, sits. I'm going to Glasgow. Yeah, going to the Sits, exactly. <laughs> Similar, you know. <laughs> oh my, that's so weird. Like, I've never heard anyone, like I live bang smack in the centre of Glasgow. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard anyone like compare it to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there you go. And then my agent was sort of looked at me and was like, uh-huh, you're doing the, whole, you're doing the pilot for the BBC, mm. which I did. And seven years later, I was still doing that show. So it was obviously, it was the right decision. Yeah. And that. So my first, you know, then it, it became the next stage of a training in a way of an apprenticeship, learning with these yeah. incredible actors and working on a series where you've got different actors coming in every week. So you're meeting new actors and great people but yeah. also, you, you, I felt very comfortable with the crew. So I remember sitting there asking all the cameramen, what does that do? How does this work? How does, what does it mean? And so it was a sort of, you know, drama school training is incredible, but there's only a certain amount you can learn, certainly on screen, yeah. camera acting. And so, you know, it, as much as it was a sort of heartache when this movie didn't happen, it subsequently became a wonderful next stage of my, of my acting career. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad how things like that happen because, like, looking back on it, like, would you? It's it's a silly question to ask because uh, there's an answer and then there's the tr- truth. I imagine, would you change it and would you take the movie now? Like, if I came and said to you, what path are you going to go a down? Good question. That's such a good question. Would I? I mean, because obviously it's a Hollywood no, film, but yeah, you've got yeah. like how much your life has been impacted yeah. by doing that show for yeah. what seven my years my whole life was impacted yeah. on doing that show because i ended up meeting my husband through that show mm-hmm. you know my whole life but i've, I've it's, it's a really interesting question because i've often thought there's been a few points in my life where i've had the privilege of being able to choose which job mm-hmm. to do that hasn't happened much but when <laughs> yeah. it has happened, you know and you sort of think i wonder where my world would have gone sliding doors that. moment it's a sliding doors moment isn't it and it's and then you look at the actor who did take that part and you see where their career went and you sort of think, I wonder if, you know, it's it's one of those things. Who knows? And then I think yeah. I wonder if people think of the jobs that I took. You know, I'm under no illusion that I'm often I, I often maybe haven't been first choice for, for a job I've done. There's always a few people that you sort of go, well, they turned it down. So then it might get to me, you know. Yeah. And do you know what? I'll <laughs> take anything Meryl Streep turns down. Well, exactly. You know, she's busy. Fine, I'll take the job. Because <laughs> me and Meryl are the exact same casting. Do you know Similar. what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. could totally see it. We're, yeah, we're yeah, playing yeah. the same roles all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but talking about um, training and stuff, um, you went yeah. to Drama Centre and it's one of my favourite things to talk about in the world. Do you have a funny or crazy drama school story that you can share with us? Because stuff goes on behind those doors that people wouldn't believe. I'm, ke- I'm still campaigning for like, remember, like Educating Yorkshire. Yes. Why has there not been an educating RADA? Well, I mean, there hasn't been one because RADA would get shut down because drama school's mental. But like, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know how a sitcom hasn't happened. Oh my God. I mean, the stories, you know, when I went to drama school, I sound like such an old, like, when I went to drama school, (laughs) Um, it was a three year drama training. Mm -hmm. It was just one course. Um, So there was what started off as 20 people per year, but by the third year, when I was in the first year, I think there was only about 12 people in the third year. So it was a tiny group of people. The school was in an old church in Chalk Farm. 
where there was a dead rat under one of the room floors and it smelled. Love that. I mean, it was proper, like... Really adds to the ambience. bread and water, you know. It was, it was like that. And I was there when Russell Brand was there, when Michael Fassbender was there, when Tom Hardy was there. We had a good crop of boys, certainly. Um, and I didn't know Russell Brand went to drama school. Yeah, yeah, he was in the year above me. No, two years above me. Um, he was great fun. And so, you know, it was this, there's always, there's always this, um, there's a story of sort of the drama schools used to have inter-drama school football matches. And I remember once it, there was drama centre versus central and central came in a in sort of matching football kits and you know and then drama center turned up with the bandanas and all in black and all of it um you know drama center had that reputation of being a little bit avant-garde yeah slightly off the wall off center. bit quite off center exactly i mean i we had these teachers that nowadays you just couldn't get away with what they oh. would say I recently found a notebook from my first stint at drama school and I was looking through it. I don't know why I'm a glutton for punishment because I had a yeah. terrible time that time. But in the back, the me and my friend would sit next to each other and like yeah. write notes in the back of the book yeah. and te- uh, pass it back. And there was one that said, I genuinely believe if this man wasn't a movement lecturer, he'd have been sectioned by now. And then <laughs> quote under it was, let your pelvis fall into the floor and let you let it feel like you're falling into the room below us. And I was like, no <laughs> uh, I'm trying to do that now <laughs> that kind of... yeah. how I'll do you imagine like <laughs> I feel like that every day do you know but I mean? how do you imagine like your body a part not even your whole body just a part of your body yeah. falling through the floor brilliant brilliant we had uh, I mean I remember there was one one incident where we had to do these object exercises which mm. were very intense and you'd sit for hours and watch somebody like ironing a shirt or something like that and I remember there was one girl who'd worked super hard to be fair, she wasn't the best actress. She wasn't, however, she worked incredibly hard and she was, you know, we'd sat there for hours watching her do some beauty thing. And at the end, the teacher turned around to her and just said, well, darling, all I could see was that preposterous wig and your fat ass." <laughs> and everyone just sort of went, and she sort of went, okay, and then just sat down. And then the next person went up and you just went, oh my God, this and is How are people allowed to say that? I mean, how are you allowed to say that? Like, I remember one lecturer in particular, I won't name them, said to me I wasn't funny enough to be fat. <laughs> and I was like, that's like a double insult, isn't it? Like, you're telling me that's... I'm not funny, because I think I am quite funny. Yes, you are funny. then I'm also fat. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Which, oh I mean, God. isn't, isn't yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you've got to look at me and I'm fat. Do you know what I mean? But I was like, double insult. Thank you very yeah. much. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. I remember as well, there was sort of, we used to get invited into the third year. It wasn't a given that you'd make mm. it to the end of the training. And so at the end of your second year, everyone had got a private, a personal interview with all the, with the teachers. And everyone used to come out with, they said this to me and I don't understand if I've been invited, but I don't understand <laughs> if I'm, it's a yes or a no. And yeah. I remember sort of one of them, one teacher sort of said to a beautiful actor in our year Italian boy he was gorgeous and he turned around to him and he just said you are like a beautiful sports car you sit in the driveway and you look beautiful but you don't go anywhere <laughs> you just sit there in the driveway oh. and then and then it was like okay okay mm. yeah. am I coming back next year or not <laughs> yeah and then yeah Am I, am I going home or am I renewing my lease? Like exactly, exactly. Just tell me. <laughs> Drama school, it's a crit. I, like I genuinely, and anyone can have this. I'm not being pernickety about it. Like, just give me a producer credit. I don't understand how there has not been a sitcom written about drama school. About drama schools, yeah. Just, just the people wouldn't wouldn't believe it. People well, would you know not believe it. There was a it. documentary, I think, in the eighties about drama centre called drama school i need um, to find this now yeah you can see it on youtube i think i think there's bits of it on youtube where and it follows the year group that had Anne-Marie duff it had daryl de silva duff. yeah daryl de silva um who else was in it that you might know i think paul bettany might be in it mm. um it and it uh, it sort of interviews the teachers and it it there's cameras in some of the lessons um yeah, it's quite, and it follows three young, in fact, do you know the actress, she's called Caroline, she's Scottish, which is why I'm asking, Caroline Devlin. I'm going to be honest, I, I, the yeah. name rings a bell, but... So she is, um, she is 
go she was she had just got offered a place and they follow her journey from being offered the place at drama school and it's a great documentary if i can find it on youtube i'll email you the link yes please do mm. no like really I, I genuinely think it and like the educating rada thing I think that that would be a massive success. Obviously, Rada aren't going to do it. It would have to be like a, a community college in like Hull somewhere that could <laughs> like lose their reputation. Do you know what I mean? But I think it's the craziest. And I tell like a lot of my friends, because I just think it's a sort of healthy way to live. I've got a lot of close friends that aren't in the industry at all. Yeah. And I'll like, we're going to play a game soon called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And it's all about stories from the acting industry. And I'll read oh, wow. them sometimes. And they'll go, do you think that's true? And I'm like, that's quite tame. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've heard worse. And yeah. I just think, like, it would be mad. And it would oh earn somebody God. a lot oh. of money. Yeah. Mm. Go on. Franchise it now. Yeah, well, I own it. Like, the copyright infringement is now mine. Um, Done. But Can like, I be in it? Yeah. 100% you can be in Done. it. Done. Okay, Come and fine. be one of the lecturers and we'll produce certain, <laughs> like, we'll, we'll stage you shouting at people. Done. I'm in. I'll be like the crazy, like the like Emma Dalian kind of. <laughs> you know, I I should have been in Hollywood, darling. <laughs> yeah, I've had lots of those. We've um, yeah, yeah. If a question that I love to ask everyone is, if a casting director came to you tomorrow and said, "Listen, I want to do a two-hander with you in the West End, but I don't really know who I want to put you with, and you can pick anyone in the world, but they have to be alive. Who are you picking?" Oh my God, who am I picking? That's such a good question. Do you know, right now, I feel lucky enough to say that she's my friend. I would I would love to do something either with Martha Plimpton. Fucking love Martha Plimpton. She's amazing. The Goonies is one of my favourite films. I know. And do you know what? She's so cool. She's mm. so much fun. And she's brilliant. I don't know if you saw her. Um, I don't know if you come down to London much, but she just finished doing a, a play in town, um, As You Like It, where she was playing Jay I didn't Green. see it. Oh my god, she was amazing. So I quite like to do. Do you know? I'd like to do like a Tennessee Williams with her or something mm. like that. I can get behind that. I'll buy a ticket. Would you buy a ticket for that? I'd I buy mean, a ticket. We'd have such fun. It would be. We'd have a right laugh. Mm. Any good or not? Yeah, mine. I have to carry on my campaign because, like, I've gone too far now. Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. Okay. Yeah. She'd make me look like a piece of shit, and I'm at peace with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm. I'm all good. Yeah. I just want to do it. I love her <laughs> so much. I love that. Yeah. 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 Um, I do want to talk to you. I want to talk to you briefly about Emmerdale because that's where I, I sort of was introduced to you on. And yeah, yeah. my mum still knows you as the lady that had the affair with the child. And I was yeah. like, her name's Louisa Liza. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> her name. yeah. 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 Um, what was the audition process like? Because I know soap auditions are crazy. Yeah. So, so the first audition was just a self tape. Yeah. And I think nowadays, you know, you do these self tapes and you send them off into the ether and you never hear from them again. And you go, oh, that was nice. You know, it took a while. And my poor husband had to read in with me and balance the iPad on five books and try <laughs> yeah. and get the lighting right. And the kids were asleep, you know, it's sort of one of those. And then and then I think I got some direction. And then I think I got an email back saying they like the tape. Can you try it like this? Yeah. So then I think I had a second self tape where I had to do it um, in a bit of a different way. Mm -hmm. And then they said, can you come up to Leeds mm -hmm. and we're going to do a screen test? Love that. So actually, no, no. Then what happened was I went up to Leeds to have a meeting in real mm -hmm. life. And I remember sort of sitting in just a little studio um, in a little room, just in a what looked like a sort of just corporate place on a busy road um, and chatted with, I think, one of the producers and the casting director. And then I got a call back to go and do a screen test. And that was really fun because then yeah. you get to go into the studios yeah. and you walk on the sets. And I feel this every time I've been on a show that's like a long running show mm. and you go on the set and you're like, it looks just like it does on the set. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, mm. I don't know what I was expecting, but you're like, I'm actually in the Woolpack. And obviously you were part of like one of the biggest storylines while you were there. How far, like, did you know from the off that that's what you were coming in to do? Or was it sort of put yeah. to you like, you're going to have this affair? No. So it was, um, the audition process was very open. And they said, this is where we want the character to go. This is what we see for the story. We want to tell this story. We think it's a very important story to tell. And so you, they, they needed to make sure that I would be comfortable yeah. with the storyline. Because they had Joe Warren Plant, who has been on the show since he was a little boy mm. um so they knew that they wanted him to be 
the boy. Fun fact, his dad is friends with my auntie. Is that right? Mm. Oh. I don't know him. He won't know me, but like. Okay. Well, that is a good, that's a good fact. Mm. He was always around because he was Joe chaperone a lot of yeah. the time. Mm. But yeah, like it was a massive storyline and it, it sort of touched the whole nation, I feel like. what Was there any like, because I think you hear talking about like actors. I don't think it happens so much now when like I'm trying to think of like of in air quotes villain um that would like get backlash on the street did you get yeah. much backlash I didn't do you know I had a few I had a few sort of strange comments and things like that I think that you know I would often have men coming up to me going oh I'm a bit old for you aren't I and and you sort of look at them and go it's not your age my friend that's the problem here yeah. um <laughs> it, it's you know I would imagine, you know, I live down south. You know, I think probably if I'd spent a lot more time up north, I might have had more attention mm-hmm. if I was walking around the streets. I know that at the height of the storyline and stuff, when I would walk around Leeds when I was working, you know, you, I would get a lot of attention. Um, but that's also just because you're off the telly and yeah. people recognise you. I think people have learned that there's now, like, your character and you, whereas back yeah. in the day people would be like, I can't, I was literally listening yeah. to an interview the other day and I can't remember for the life of me who it was. And they were like, yeah, I'd walk down the street and people would like spit on me and stuff. Yeah, yeah, nothing like that. Mm. It's really interesting. I was reading an article the other day about this this actor, Paul Mescal, you know? Yes. He, yeah. And he was saying about how he stopped giving selfies with people because he got groped. Some woman yes. wanted a selfie with him and she sort of put her arm around him and sort of, pinched his bum or something like that and he which was like, is if not been, okay which is not okay and 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 actually you know I did have quite a lot of people wanting to have selfies and it is and and I've always you know you sort of think of course why not sort of thing I'm not going to be too mm. precious about that but then you do think actually these people then they suddenly come very close and they invade your space and they mm. put their arms around you and they're oh, you know all like that and you sort of think I am just a human being as well and yeah I like my my personal space and you just happen to have a job that is in the public eye yeah exactly and I think probably you know at the height of the story when it was on the front pages of all the magazines and things like that people would have opinions they weren't (laughs) unkind and they weren't rude to me but there was a lot of banter and there was a lot of of bat chat about Mm, it all yeah it's crazy how like and I think that just is sort of testament to how ingrained in our culture these programs are yeah well, you're like, in their living rooms five days, seven days a week, always on repeat and, you know, on the yeah. omnibus on a Sunday. You are absolutely, because it's ongoing, it's not like it's a binge-worthy series. Yeah. It is ongoing. It is daily life. The distinguishing between reality and these shows can get blurred when... 100%. When, you're, when you really invest in something like that. I, I mm. do see it. I do. And also, there's some of them that I don't even watch. Like, I'm... I click in and out when there's good storylines. I'm not going to lie. I'm not an every night watcher. And I remember somebody talking to me about, um, spoiler alert for anybody who didn't watch it at Christmas, Danny Dyer's death on EastEnders. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. I'm going to go and watch it. Do you know what I mean? And I I kept up with it. And then that storyline sort of fizzled out. And I was like, back to Love Island. Because, you know, EastEnders to Love Island is a a normal (laughs) um, occurrence. But yeah, like there, it is. It's mad how just how ingrained they are in the culture. Well, our generation, or yeah, I'd say Mike, but you know, the younger younger generations, um, we have all these Netflix and and yeah. iPlay. You know, we can watch telly whenever we want. We can watch whatever we want whenever we want it, sort of thing. The idea of the soap and it's a long running and you've got to wait and everything like that, it it, it creates more of an investment mm. as well, well. You don't have to wait anymore. They put it all up at the beginning of the week. No. On a Monday morning. Well, they did during the pandemic and they did do it during the World Cup. I, I'm sure it's a regular thing. <gasps> I'm not entirely oh, sure. God, don't quote me. But like, now they throw out a whole week's up at the at a time oh wow i think the only exception was they didn't put like the christmas days up because that's yeah, yeah. Like, a big thing in soap yeah. world um did you steal anything from the set probably because <laughs> i can't remember yeah i remember we all had these amazing um big warm yeah. cuff- when we were filming out in the village and we all had our names on the back of them mm-hmm. but what was so funny is they had our names on velcro <laughs> she's leaving so it's like literally like ripping it off. And yeah. it, was, it became this ongoing joke of like, you can take the Velcro name, but you can't take your coat. <laughs> Need those for the person that's yeah, um, exactly. replacing so, you. Yeah. 
Um, I, I might have my Velcro name. Obviously, the acting and the standard or something just flew across my face. I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> the acting was so good. And I mean, we could sit here all day and talk about the, the storylines that you were involved yeah. in. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to keep you that long. But do you have like a favourite behind the scenes moment that we wouldn't necessarily know about? Yeah, I mean, I had the bet when we filmed that one episode called The Big Night Out, which mm-hmm. was a sort of following three or four stories over one night. And the storyline where my character, so, so Jacob's yeah. step, his real mother, Layla, played by Roxy, and Fiona Wade's character, Priya, and Amy Walsh's character, Tracy, when they all find out what's happened. And the four of us were all going out on a night out, and then they find out, and then they try and kill me. And we were doing weeks of night shoots for this and filming in a big nightclub in mm. Leeds. And and it was so much fun. And those three girls were my ride or die girls. They were incredible, proper, brilliant women. And we had such a good time together. And we had the stunt woman who was, you know, we had two stunt women taking over from us doing the fight scenes. And then there's the, the scene at the end where... Roxy's character Layla has a fight with me and then I pass out and get ro- I roll into a river and we'd been filming for a couple of nights and then suddenly there was this moment was like okay Louise you've got to get in the water now we've got to get that scene of you floating in the middle of the night in a river lovely and cold yeah 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 and it'd been building up and building up and building up it's like okay and of course because it had been where we were going out in the evening I wasn't wearing that much clothing yeah. It's not like I was in a full-on wetsuit, you know, <laughs> and puffer coat. So, you know, they tried to keep me as much like a sort of flesh-coloured wetsuit and but had to cut the sleeves off and had to cut the legs off, you know. So and then there's that that moment, I will never forget it, of sort of tentatively getting into the lake, the river, and it's dark. Yeah. And that, you know, it's like it's real. It's there mm. was a frog, like it was slimy and it smelt. It wasn't warm. It's and not a studio. pool at Pinewood Studios. It's not a pool at Pinewood, no. And I just remember that moment when it sort of gets to your neck and suddenly it goes down your back and you're like, oh. I'm really here. This is really happening. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they they didn't tell me I'd be doing this at Drama Center. Exactly, Santa. exactly. And I do remember after it's coming out and getting all wrapped up in hot water mm. bottles. And I remember I really smell. Love you that. know, you're just like, I really stink. <laughs> Like I'm going back to, and it was about four in the morning when we finished filming and sort of going yeah. back to the hotel, smelling, smelly at four in the morning and just getting in a bath and sort of staying there for hours <laughs> trying to get that smell out of my body. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it was um, fun. I can't remember. You didn't die, did you, at the end? I didn't die. No, mm. I went to prison. So is there a, is there a return on the cards? Would you? Do you know what? It's a really difficult question. Would I? It, it's, if it was London, I would be back in a flash. Yeah. Um, it was also, I think, a time in my life that would be difficult to repeat. It was so incredible. Yeah. And the people that I worked with were so incredible. And the experience was like nothing else. And I think I would be so frightened that it wouldn't be as good. Yeah. Or, you know, that you're trying to recreate something. And as much as I would love to try, I don't think it could ever be the same. And therefore, I almost want to just leave it as it as it was. Practicality wise, my kids are older. I'm needed at home a lot more. And just to sort yeah. of, you know, I was commuting to Leeds for two years. Yeah, that's and that's, fun. it's quite full on. <laughs> <laughs> would you um, would you commit the the biggest atrocity that a soap star can commit? And would you go over and see standards absolutely it's down yeah. the road from where i live yeah i love how i was like would you turn down a paying job <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know what I mean? that's around the corner from my house and it's a really good job mm. yeah i do it totally yeah, yeah. we've been talking about a, a lot of your career and all of the amazing things that you've got to do and like you were on that show when you graduated you did the the big movie audition what is like one what the fuck is happening moment in like a good way it was a great had a, did a wonderful television series called Island at War, which mm-hmm. was all about the Nazi invasion of the Channel Islands. And we spent about three months filming on the Isle of Man. Yeah. Which was incredibly beautiful. And we would, I remember one morning filming and having to be up on the cliffs as the sun rose. And there was dolphins in the sea below. And we had to get strapped in because it was, um, we were quite on the edge of a cliff. Yeah. And it was with Sam Hewen, you know, the actor Sam Hewen. Outlander. 
exactly. So Sam and I were sitting on the edge of a cliff all strapped in watching these dolphins in the sea below us as the sun is rising. And there's that moment when you look at each other and go, we're getting paid to be here. Like, yeah. this, is a, this is my job. Like, <laughs> I feel really guilty because I'm having so much fun. This is amazing. You know? Yeah. That's, yeah, that was, that was a good one. That's that's why I like to ask the question, because I think that a lot of people think that actors are sort of in these rehearsal rooms and like, especially I found recently, and I still hope they don't mind me telling this story. There's a lot of people earing away from the industry. Like I yeah. recently, I was doing a show and we needed to cast a part and I went around all of the colleges in like our local area that were offering drama lessons. And I literally was in talking to the boys like, yeah. here is an audition pack. Yeah. I want a self tape. I got no replies from them. Like, and then I applied for. I, I don't know if I should say who it is, but I'm gonna the Traverse Theatre in Edinburgh's like summer yeah. call out. Yeah, and they like at the end of the form it said like we'll be back into if you haven't heard from us by X Y Z you you haven't gone further. And I was sitting there going, well, thousands of people will be applying for this. Like, it'll be all good. And then I got an email on like the closing date. And at the end, it said, we're really happy to let everyone know we had 72 entries. And I'm like, the Traverse, one of the biggest theatres in Scotland can't attract more than 80 young actors. Why is that? I know. I think it, I think it comes down to the cost of living. It's, yeah. It is a hard industry to yeah. get into, it, yeah. especially in Scotland. It's a very small industry. There's yeah. quite a little bit of nepotism involved. Yeah. Like it's hard to break into it. And I think that that is enough to put anyone off. Like you've just spent like, well, in Scotland, it's free for further education. But like in England, it's like, what, nine grand yeah. a year for three yeah. years? Exactly. Exactly. It's 27 grand. And then. I mean, it's not a job to do if you want to get rich and you know no. retire young it's not we don't do it for the money but it's also like i think that the allure of well you can still pay your bills is now gone also yeah that's true there's a great story that um no no i was gonna say there's a great story of of of, of sir john gilgood i think it was mm. you know who was waiting to film something and he's sitting in his trailer and you know the runner comes up to him and says i'm sorry sir john um we'll be with you very shortly he says, don't worry don't worry and then a you know, a couple of hours later. I'm so sorry, Sir John. We will be with you very, very shortly. Um, uh, you know, it goes on like this all day. I'm sorry, Sir John. It, you're first after lunch now. First after lunch. I'm so sorry, Sir John. It's going to be now after tea break. And, and in the end, it's my dear boy. You pay me to wait. I do the yeah. acting for free. Just come and, and get me. <laughs> literally. It's like, but I sort of feel a bit like with, with the job, you know, the, the payment is for all the unemployed times. Yeah. <laughs> and actually the acting bit, is joyful and I do that mm. bit. Don't put yeah. that out there because then you know I'll never get paid <laughs> again for any work I do. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'll I'll bleep it out. So then people are like, "Oh, what does she do it for?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> so, then, yeah. like, I also feel like, especially when I was first getting into it, you were an actor, but you were also a waiter, and you did X, Y, Z, yeah. and had jobs on the side. Now I feel just because of the price of living, you have to have like the time that you had as an actor job where you yeah. weren't getting paid for it. Now people have had to replace it with a, a paying yeah. job. So yeah, I don't yeah. know, it's very sad and I would like to see it sort of make a comeback. It's true. It's true. I mean, I just finished a job at a really good London theatre and everyone was on, you know, minimum wage. And that's not the theatre's fault. That's just what, what that theatre pays for everybody. And um, it wasn't enough to live on. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, it's not enough. It doesn't cover the bills. mm it, it it is crazy the the way and it needs to it needs to change. I know there was the whole seventeen percent thing going around, and everything, but it it does it needs to change because yeah. not even that if it doesn't change, there's going to be no industry to change. Yeah, but that's and why I like to ask that well question. Is, there's also you know you you see all this sort of movie star casting, and and it's get it's sort of you sort of oh, it's great because they're getting paid the same amount as everyone else, and yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah they can afford to get paid. 250 pounds a week or whatever but you know, also where, they're not no they're also getting the apartment in soho and the you know yeah the car and the, the fee like to go and do the interview with the stage and all of that jazz like yeah, yeah there's a lot of that it's, it's not happening um but we're gonna play a game now 
and this okay, game is fun. my favorite thing in the world. It's called Stage yeah. Right or Stage Shite. It's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, really? and have been submitted by listeners. One of them is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. We've got to find out the lie. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope so I can play along with you. Okay. I love this. Okay. Number one. I had to wear a cushion-like baby bump in a play and it was tied with fabric around my belly. Halfway through the first act of the play, it fell off and hit the stage floor. Number two, I was doing a play in a theatre where, where the audience members had to walk past the dressing room to get to the toilets. At the beginning of the play, I was preset on stage messing about with a football. I was only supposed to be out there for five minutes, but someone was sick outside one of the dressing rooms and it had to be cleaned up and that person had to be removed from the theatre. So preset ended up being 25 minutes of me playing with a football. Number three, in a play, I had a monologue that I performed in a spotlight while the rest of the stage was in darkness. On opening night, I hit my mark and waited for the spotlight to come up, except it came up on the other side of the stage. As I walked over to the spotlight, the tech realised they'd hit the wrong side of the stage and moved the light to the proper place, and I had to walk back to my original position. It was like 10 seconds of awkwardness, but it felt like 10 minutes. Brilliant. All of that. Uh, the theatre, the being sick, I believe, that yeah, I happened believe that. at a play that I was in last year. Okay. Um, I knew an actress who was pregnant and she was very, very morning, like morning sickness and she'd have to have a bucket on the side of the stage, literally just put her head out the wing, like into the wings and then carry on. Fun. I'd love yeah. that. I totally believe the sick one. And I believe the baby bump one. I, I don't know why I'm thinking it's three. Do you? I can just imagine though, number three, I can just imagine like someone in darkness and then just mm. sort of very calmly walking over to the other light, which then goes off and then walking back. Well, I mean, the, be the baby the baby bump, if it was tied incorrectly, I can see It would that. just go. It would just go. Go on then. Let's go for the, the spotlight one. We're going for the spotlight right. one. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking, You say, especially now, people spend so much time sorting out their lights Boom. and stuff. Yeah. Mm. I'm good. Yeah, number three. Okay. I'm blaming you if it's wrong. It's fine. It was number two. Oh, that was wrong. Oh my God, that's mm. hilarious. I never forget doing a play where we all had to come on stage in pitch black and be mm. in position when the lights came up. And there was this wonderful actor who's no longer alive called Jeffrey Hutchings, mm -hmm. an older actor. He's just, he was a bit like a sort of carry on actor. He was yeah. so brilliant. And that, that that's not a, a negative. He was absolutely brilliant. And I just remember once <laughs> the lights came up and he was like in completely the wrong position. <laughs> facing away from the audience like walking around like with his arms out like this and then the lights came up and he's like oh god okay and then he sort of ran into position it was so funny it is horrible when you're on like you've got to get on in darkness and I remember yes. I had to do it I was playing Macbeth in my final year of drama school and we had like yeah. these different levels of rostra and I had to get to the top of the rostra in the darkness oh and I was like how do people do this I'm like <laughs> Sort of like sliding like a worm, like I got myself to the edge of the rostra and then just bent over it and like yeah, threw myself so up. And I'm like, if these lights come on right now, I'm gonna look like the so weirdest person. Totally um, true. Like, let's just stop doing entrances in the dark. Yes. Like to close the curtains. Lights <laughs> on and on they walk. That's yeah. what I like, yeah. Um, we're coming up to graduation season um, now, which is really fucking scary because that's going to be a year for me. Um, mm. What's one piece of advice you'd give to anyone graduating this year? Uh, do you know what? I always think this is that you have one chance to make that first impression and you might not be right for the job that you're meeting mm. the casting director for, but those casting directors will remember you. You can so work even... on other jobs. <laughs> yes, it's true. And sometimes like you can go in for something and they'll be like, no, she's not right for that, but she's right for this next project or something like that. And I think that I never really thought that when I left drama school and mm. I'd go in for a meeting and I remember once going in for a meeting and I walked in and they just looked at me and they said, you're far too young for this part. And I went, oh, okay. And I walked out and I should have, I, sort of, I still to this well, day. Can I still just audition? Went, can I just read for you? Can I just, and just, you know, it's sort of, I just think. You know, and there's casting directors that I see now that I met 22 years, 23 years ago when I first left drama school. And I think to myself, I wonder what they thought of me then, that they still see me now or that the ones that don't still see me now. I wonder what they thought of me. You know, yeah. I think it's you get one chance sometimes to meet these people and everyone wants to meet you when you graduate. You are fresh, young blood and you're exciting and new. 
And I think that's wonderful. And make the most of that. Well, um, anyone listening out there, I'm still fresh and exciting and new. Um, and my email's <laughs> in the show notes below. I'm available <laughs> for work. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm still fresh and young and excited. <laughs> we're both available for work. We're still young. We're still young. Um, we have a closing tradition on the podcast where I ask the previous guest to leave a question for the current guest and they don't know who they're asking. You won't know who you're asking. Okay. But the question, and this is a bit of a deep one, so feel free not to answer as deeply, like mm-hmm. give whatever answer you like. Because yeah. when they asked me, my head went to a deep place and I was like, I don't know if I should say that but it's um if you could have a phone call with someone who's no longer here who would you want to speak to oh that's a good question you know what recently I have been doing quite a lot of work um with holocaust education Mm -hmm. and because my family have been involved we were involved in the holocaust my mother is a survivor and um we took part in a documentary a couple of years ago about my family and things like this and um and so I would I would love to speak to my grandparents I would love to to have spoken to them and to have asked their stories. I I knew them when they 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 survived the war, mm. um, but they didn't speak English and they died when I was very young. Mm. And I've I I still I always feel very much I I'm sort of you know very much of the the attitude now of um, ask questions, ask questions of the of other people when they're alive, because it's not a given that they're going to be around forever. Yeah. Mine would be um, when I was in my last year of primary school, my auntie passed away and she gave me my first ever book. I think she was the only one really in my family that could see from the off what I was. Yeah. And I, um, I do this really weird thing. I'll tell you this story first. I recently... <laughs> went on a my friend won a, a zoom call thing with a psychic medium and I was yeah. doing something the day she was doing it so I couldn't do it and then yeah. the thing for whatever reason got cancelled and my friend's other friend cancelled on her and she was like oh you're free do you want to do this and like they didn't know I was coming they couldn't um and it's a really weird story they said there's a woman coming through and it's not it's not a mother and I was like thank fuck like my mother's not yeah. dead um like it's <laughs> nice to know she's Get still here <laughs> um and it, she was like, it's not a grandmother, but it's a, a woman with that kind of energy. And she's wearing a necklace with the letter S on it. And I was like, right, well, I know who that is. I didn't tell them this. Yeah. And they said, and she she's just saying one thing. And she just wants me to let you know that she knows about the seat and she uses it and she's proud. And I was like, hang on a minute, because I've never told anyone that I do this, right? Because it's slightly weird. Every time I do a theatre show, I buy her a seat. Oh, my God. And I put the ticket in the bin. Oh, that makes me cry. I leave a seat empty in any show that I'm in, like opening night, if I'm doing a long running show, <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. Um, <laughs> but I've always left her a seat open. And when they said that, and I just like to, she's the one person that I'm very sad that isn't here to see what I've done. And yeah. she's the one person that I wish I could just go, am I doing okay? Like, I hope I'm like doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that would be my answer. That's a beautiful, beautiful answer. Wow. Now I'm that. not going to cry, so let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to cry either. <laughs> Monday morning and we're all exactly. in tears. <laughs> um, what question would you like to leave for the next guest? What's coming up next for you? So what's coming up next? So I'm actually about to start rehearsals next week for a play um, at Windsor Theatre Royal. Love that. Which will be great fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I've just When's finished the play doing on? A, the play is on from the 22nd of March. Um, and it's called A Murder the, A Murder Has Been Arranged. When does it finish? Because this it, podcast is... It's only is on the... for two weeks, yeah. Right, okay. So everybody listening, right? This podcast is going out on the 28th of March. So you literally now have to go down into the show notes, ticket links there, get yourself to Windsor. You all got there when someone died. So now someone's alive and doing the theatre. You can all get there. Like, buy your tickets. Brilliant. Thank you for that. (laughs) I don't know if I should leave the bit in about the person dying. Um, (laughs) I like it. Um, yeah, so you're doing the play. What's the play called? Sorry. The... the play is called A Murder Has Been Arranged, and it's a 1930s ghost story all set in a theatre. And I think it would be brilliant. And it's got a fabulous cast. So I think um, I'm coming to Windsor. <laughs> yeah, come. Please I'll come. Get the train. 
it's really fun. It's going to be a really fun play. And it's mm. I've just finished doing a sort of very serious verbatim yes. play about anti-Semitism. And so now this is could not be more different. It's got a set. It's got costumes. It's got people from the telly. And it's just, it's really <laughs> fun. <laughs> Where can everyone um, find you on social media to keep up to date with what you're doing, etc.? Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram as um, at Louisa Klein and also on Twitter. Same oh, I'm leaving Twitter. Are you leaving Twitter? Yeah, it, it's changed. Like, yeah. it's not a fun place anymore. I it's feel like no... every time I log on, it's just somebody telling some trans person that their right to exist isn't there anymore. And yeah. I'm just like, it's not fun. To be fair, it's it's funny. I had a long chat with with sort of the digital team at Emmerdale when when all when I was up there because mm. Twitter. They always said Twitter was the place that people could react instantly, and because it's sort of very forty two words or whatever forty, mm. you know, it, it they can it, it's a very instant, quick impulse, and that's why it's it can be quite dangerous. I use it to sort of check if there's, you know, why there's a traffic jam down the road mm. and things like that. <laughs> and, Don't get and... me wrong. I still use it like I'm a massive Love Island fan and I like to just see, yeah. like, I think one of the best things Who about watching... Who do you think's going to win? Who's your favourite? See, I'm really conflicted because I loved Casey, but now he's been a bit of a dick. Oh, and no. I'm like, I yeah. don't... I think in my heart of heart, I saw a tweet the other day talking about Twitter that yeah. said it would be really good if Kai and Sanam won because Kai's a teacher and Sanam's a social worker, worker. And it would be really nice for that 25 grand to go to people who... Who, actually? And they're not like Instagram... Mm. So of... I kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I'm kind of team Will and Jesse at the moment, though. Oh, I can't bear him. I find him really weird. Oh, he's a massive, he's a walking ick. Like, he's a walking ick, yes. Like, everything he does, yes. I'm like, you are the most, like, icky yeah. person ever. But, like, I, I kind of, like, I I, I'm so glad. Did you watch last night? No, 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 no. Right, okay. Well, okay. what happened last night, I um I cheered at the television when it oh, happened. Wow. Um, oh, wow. okay. I'm very excited and do you know what right oh. he had his moments at the beginning and I didn't like him but I'm really warming up to Tom and Sammy yeah me too I love Sammy yes mm. I think she is so cool mm. I love her I, I, I like love everyone she got pied by everybody mm. because yeah. they knew that she could just be like yeah whatever mm. she can take yeah. it I like I, everyone I, I I don't like Olivia no no I liked I, I find it really interesting watching the way she talked to people and the way she would say so what do you think about me? Like the way she would sort of like ask them about them. But so, so, so enough about me. What do you think about me? Yeah. You know, it's that sort of attitude. It's extraordinary mm. self-obsession. Yeah. It was just the the whole, I liked her before she went to Casa Amor. And then when she came back to Casa Amor and she had recoupled and he had recoupled. And yeah. she's like, why have you recoupled? That's the most yeah. disgusting. And I'm like, you've done the same you thing. Did. Exactly. But um, I like to like look on like hashtag Love Island, and I think one of the best parts of like watching Love Island is the the community on Twitter that's like jokes and memes and all. Yeah. That. So I use it for that, and don't get me wrong, there's I follow theatre companies because casting calls are on there. Yeah. But like as a place now to go and enjoy and be social. No. I don't no. think it's for me. But anymore. you do realize, like when when big events happen, like when the Queen died, or you know when certain big events happen, people are really funny. And sometimes and you get some really funny tweets. hundred percent. I think I like yeah. I think the majority of it is lovely and funny, and then but there's the one where I like you scroll, and then there's somebody just telling somebody because their their gender doesn't align with the gender they were born at birth, they deserve to die. And I'm just like, I don't really fancy being around this. No, Do you know what I mean? That's that's toxic and yeah. Like it sort of the negative outweighs the good, and like yeah, I'm, yeah. I just keep seeing things about J.K. Rowling, even though that I've like muted those words on yeah. Twitter and shouldn't see it, and I'm just like, when does it end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Instagram, I feel like Instagram has now become the quick, instant snapshot. True. Like I don't, I, don't understand TikTok and Snapchat and all of those. TikTok, so. I only use to watch funny videos. I don't actually post okay. stuff. I, no. I will engage in a funny video. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on, Genuinely. It's been oh, such it's been a pleasure really chatting to you. Yeah, 100%. And what I like to say to everyone, if you ever find yourself in Glasgow, if you ever come for a little trip to the sits, first round of drinks is on me. Oh, absolutely. It's really nice. Thank you. Oh, I've had a thank really you so nice much. Time. Oh, it's not been lovely. Good. Genuinely. I would rather not get up for anyone else at half nine. Well, I no, 
and let me rephrase that I wouldn't yeah. get up at half nine in the morning for anyone else for many people but they, <laughs> I'm, I'm very touched thank it's you it's fine a fellow soap star once asked me to get up at half seven and I did it and I was dying and they were okay. so put together and so like fresh faced and like yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm sat here like hello uh-huh. and it made me think I want to be that person but I'm still not that person no. keep trying I'm, it's never Wanting gonna happen to be is halfway there it's never going to happen. But I will let you get back to normal life. That's my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. Have a lovely nice. day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 129 completed. Thank you so much to Louisa for coming on the podcast. Genuinely, I had the best time chatting with you. And to all of you at home, thank you so much for continuing to tune in. Genuinely, it makes my whole life complete. I'm so grateful that you continue to come back to listen to me chat shite with some of my favourite people on the air. Make sure to go down and follow us both on social media. You'll find all of the details in the show notes. And while you're down there, if you've got a story for stage right or stage shite, please click the link to the Google form and submit your story and don't forget that you can now become an official drama school dropout by signing up to our patreon as per usual i've been ingram noble and i am your resident drama school dropout and i'll be back next week with a brand spanking new episode and remember that next week starts double drama school dropout to celebrate my birthday and we're not talking about how old i am we'll have two episodes a week on tuesdays and fridays with a very special birthday episode on sunday the 16th of april so make sure to tune into them but until then have a great week stay safe i love you Drama school dropout No graduation day for you Drama school dropout Thought your whole course Now try something new Drama school dropout